listening to Our Stories, the Australian Army on Operations podcast. This is Task Group Taji Rotation 4, a combined force of Australian and New Zealand military personnel on a training mission here in Iraq. We're here at the request of the Iraqi government as part of Operation Okra, led by Joint Task Force 633. Operation Okra is Australia's contribution in the Middle East region to international coalition efforts against Daesh and their campaign of terrorism. Now today, as you can hear in the background, there's lots of activity going on here. We've had tanks in the background, we've also had some helicopters flying over. And with me to tell me what's going on is Sergeant Peter Papalia. So what are we seeing here today? Today we're seeing a combined arms culmination activity involving uh, infantry, armour and aviation assets and also engineers. And what's your role as part of that? Uh, I'm one of the tank safety supervisors so my role is to uh, ride along in the Iraqi Abrams with the crew and ensure the weapons firing safely and just watch and how they fight their vehicles. So you're obviously trained in tanks, you know about tanks. So the Iraqi Abrams is pretty much exactly the same as the Australian ones, just very subtle differences that from the outside you wouldn't be able to tell. So, for example, uh, they use different 50 calibre machine guns. A couple of their little white boxes and stuff like that on the inside are a little bit different. But other than that, from someone who didn't know, it looks pretty much the same. It's been quite a spectacle. I mean, there's been the helicopters flying over, the tanks have been firing on a target. So what's the purpose of the exercise? So the purpose of this exercise, it's two-phase. It is assessing the officers and their ability to come up with a tactical plan using uh, a multitude of different assets and it's testing the individual soldiers on the ground and their NCOs to achieve an objective, which in this case is clearing of a building and destroying the enemy. And when you're talking about the people being tested, the officers, the soldiers, you're referring to the Iraqis and you've been working with them for, what, 12 weeks now? Yes, these guys here, their courses have been about 12 weeks long. I've also worked with a multitude of other Iraqi forces since I've been here. Tell us a bit more then about the training that the Iraqi soldiers and officers here have received over the past 12 weeks. So they've received a lot of marksmanship trainings, both basic marksmanship covering their ability to group and then application of fire training out to extended ranges so they can use their weapons and understand the full capabilities of that. We've also been going through field crafts, so how to live in the field, some health and hygiene, first aid, explosive hazards training which um, we believe has worked really well. We've also done some convoy escorts and even a little bit of close personal protection as well. But your expertise is with tanks and that's why you're here. Yeah, I've spent three years at the uh, Army Recruit Training Centre at Kapuka, so I spent three years training Army recruits and uh, I found a lot of the skills I learned at Kapuka I could crossload to teach in the Iraqi Army. So what's the difference then between teaching an Australian soldier and teaching an Iraqi soldier? Other than the language barrier, not much. They find, especially with weapons, they've already got the knowledge where in Australia a lot of Australians don't have a lot of experience with weapons. Other than that, they're all eager to learn and the language barrier is probably our biggest hurdle. How do you find then working with the Iraqi soldiers here? What kind of reactions do you get? We find once we build a rapport up with them that we can have a laugh with them and we can get them going. We just need to be uh, a bit more cognizant of their procedures and how their army works. We want to make sure that we train them how they want to be trained and not try and impose and tell them how it's going to be. In terms then perhaps of their skills with regard to armoured capabilities such as tanks, what kinds of skills specifically are you trying to teach them? 
We're working on here is more precision gunnery, so how they're able to use their machine guns today to effectively suppress and destroy targets, as it's a valuable skill, especially used in the fight against Mosul. The machine guns are very accurate, out to about 900 metres, and they'll be able to use suppression techniques and direct engagement techniques to destroy the enemy. And as you say, tanks have been used extensively recently in Mosul. So what difference do you think the training is making that you're offering the Iraqis here? I think a lot of the training that we're developing, especially in the combined arms theatre, allows the Iraqi commanders to understand what assets they have, which allows them to tie that into the plan. The more coordination you have, the easier it is to do things. How important do you think it is that they are receiving this training, given that they are engaged in the fight up in Mosul? I reckon it's mission critical. They need to have a firm understanding of this in order to defeat Daesh. And from the Iraqis that you've met, what kind of stories do they tell you about their experiences as part of the military here? Uh, well, I've spoken to a few. So some were in the army in the 70s and 80s. And to the soldiers today, there's been a very big difference, obviously due to the fall of Saddam. But speaking to them, it seems that they want to build up their NCO base and their officer knowledge so they can be employed in a lot wider spectrum. You talk about NCOs, so non-commissioned officers. So you really are working with people across the spectrum in terms of the kind of trainees that are coming to you for skills development. Yeah. For the junior NCO course that's running at the moment, we're going from Lance Corporal equivalent all the way up to major. Senior officers and above are taught and are better mentored by our senior officers. Now, this isn't your first deployment, is it? You've, you've deployed yes. before in the Middle East region. Yes, uh, I went to Afghanistan in 2009. And how does this compare? Oh, it was a completely different world. I was deployed to Special Operations Task Group 9. I was there as a PMV driver. It was a big eye-opening experience for me. And this one here, now I've got a lot more experience and a lot more time in the Army. It's definitely a lot easier. So a PMV being a protected mobility vehicle. So you were responsible for driving that. What kinds of experiences did you have? For us, we had a mine strike. We were also involved in a lot of difficult terrain driving. We did a lot of driving at night. And we are also, we had the Crows, so the Common Remotely Operated Weapon System mounted on the vehicle. And we also swapped out the current MAG-58 that's on the ones here to the M250 cal, which gave us a lot more firepower when we were engaged in the uh, contact with the enemy. So what kind of skills do you think that you're able to offer the Iraqis that's really helping them? Well, we definitely believe the marksmanship training is a big sustain. The Explosives Hazards Awareness Training, or EHAT training as we call it, is a big sustain too. As our previous experiences are in Afghanistan, we've been able to use those hard-hitting points that we've seen on the ground to emphasise the teaching points. I've had experience, uh, one of my call signs hit an anti-tank mine in Afghanistan and there's a few members here, including my roommate, that have hit IEDs in Afghanistan and they can use those examples of how dangerous it is to emphasise the points to the Iraqis. And obviously your roommate came out of that okay then? Yeah, yeah, he came out of it. Uh, he actually thought it was quite exciting at the time. Everyone was okay. It definitely hits the, hits the point home. He's followed a very similar career path to me, so he's been at the Army Recruit Training Centre. He's also spent time at the School of Armour teaching Iraqis. He's got a lot of skills that he's bringing to the coalition forces as well. That does seem to be something that's important here. The Iraqis have respect for the fact that you've deployed elsewhere, that you know what you're talking about, you've lived and breathed the skills. Yeah. Well, we find that uh, the first-hand experience is always the best example. If you don't know, if you haven't been there and you haven't done it, you can't really sell the point as much as you can as if you've been there. We bring photos in and show them some of the stuff that we've seen. That also works as a good focal point too. So there's no doubt for you, you feel you're making a difference here? 
I feel that I'm making a difference here and the thing is I can see that I'm making the difference. For example, we took the guys from 17 Security Battalion, the tower guards around the TMC. So the guys that are protecting us, well, they're our first line of defence really for the base. When we first got them here, they could effectively engage targets out to about 50 metres with PKC or PKMs, they call them PKCs. They're a uh, machine gun equivalent to our MAG-58. And by the time we'd finished uh, a two-week training package with them, they could engage effectively out to four to 500 metres, which was quite good. I can tell things are starting to get moving again here, so I'd better let you go. So, Sergeant Peter Papalia, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Maskeldare reporting from Task Group Taji, Rotation 4. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.